welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me today is Lawyer Court. <laughs> yes, because on the other days of the year and all of the years, I am not Lawyer Court, but today I am. So, I'm... so this entire episode will be Court is in session, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and with that, there's the opening bell. There it is. Ding a ding. If you can tell me the movie just from the way I said ding ding, then you you It's got Jim Carrey vibes. Am I off? Oh no, it's <laughs> Okay, so it's actually the way that Apollo Creed rings the bell at the end of Rocky Three when he and Rocky are doing their little private one-on-one match. Rocky goes, So you're gonna ring the bell? And Apollo Creed goes, Ding ding. <laughs> That's that's the way the movie ends. It's okay. great. It's fantastic. It is a fantastic. Oh, no, I, I'm not. Uh, I nah. love you, Adrian. <laughs> okay, so boxing—that's kind of a form of protecting yourself, which goes perfectly <laughs> into our episode today. Great segue. I had a different segue that I was going to use, but yeah, we'll go with that one. You, if you so, don't protect yourself when you're boxing, then you're going to get your clock cleaned. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so asset protection—are you protected? That is what we want to talk about today. Yes, absolutely. So what is asset protection? What's the point, Court? Ah, uh, think about it this way, Katie. Okay, so if you have a kid, right? And you've you've raised this kid, you've got this 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 child, this thing that you've spent uh, 18 years raising and teaching how to be right and so forth and you send it away to school, then you want to make sure that that child comes back to you whole, that it comes back to you in one piece, that it is protected. I mean, it might come back with some purple hair and some extra piercings, but you want it back whole, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You, I mean, you want, you want, you, you've sent this away to, to your, to your, to, to whatever school, mm-hmm. kind of like you would do something with a, with, with anything else. You want it to come back to you in good condition, safe. You want to keep it safe. You want to protect it. So Yeah, you care about the investment of the education they get, but what you really care about is your true investment, that kid getting them back and keeping them safe. Which so, you know, think of your child. I mean, you know, don't really think of your child as an asset, but think of your child as an <laughs> asset, right? And, and basically think of all of your assets as, as things that you want to protect. Whatever you're going to do with them, whether you're going to invest them, whether you're going to, you know, just hold them and... And wait for them to 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 grow into something better. Whatever it is you're going to do with those assets, the bare at the bare minimum, you want to try and protect them from being hurt by outside forces that are beyond your control. Absolutely. Now, disclaimer: this episode is not about investment guarantees or making sure you don't lose money in the market. We are really talking about the threat of your assets and just protecting it. Yes, of course, you want it to multiply and grow, but this is about just your original asset. And protecting them. And so, of course, let's start out with some fun. Let's talk about our top five. And these are fortresses. Yes. Okay. So what do you think of when you try and think of something that's going to protect things? You think of... A secret layer. Yeah. Vaults. (laughs) Layers. You know, volcano secret layers. All sorts of things like that where you're basically... The idea is somewhere you can you can keep things where it's going to be protected. And so we yeah, It's thought, like the Purge movie. It's when it's like the Purge bells go and all of a sudden it's like boom, 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 boom. And it's all like the big 
metal things coming down and yeah. these ironclad security systems. Yeah, so, like, oh, so the original about. purge, like where the houses, all the he sells those security systems where the houses all have the doors that come down and keep yes. people out and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like the Death Star, except the Death Star doesn't really work because all it took to to blow up the entire Death Star was a single torpedo down a vent. So and weren't the plans leaked somewhere and so everybody yeah. knew? I the mean, weaknesses? you know, <laughs> as fortresses go, I think the Death Star was kind of uh, lame or whatever. So we've got we've got some other fortresses that we would suggest as alternatives to to the Death Star. And uh, I guess since this was kind of my suggestion, and I'm the one that's, I think, a little bit more excited about it, I guess I'll go first with my <laughs> okay. top five. Nerd out, Court. My top five fortresses from movies, specifically from movies. Okay, my number five is actually... Um, the Cheyenne Mountain Complex and both Cameron and Katie didn't want me to put this one in there because they didn't <laughs> recognize it. It's NORAD, folks. It's 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 from War Games with Matthew Broderick. We're talking back in the 80s. It is a giant mountain complex where the U.S. military coordinates all of its responses to nuclear threats. And it's it's built in a mountain to protect from direct. Supposedly, it could it could take a direct impact from a nuclear warhead and still survive, and everything inside it would still be safe. Okay, that, put your seatbelt back on because you're like jumping out of your chair, so excited. That is a fortress. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That is a fortress. Sounds great. And also, if you haven't seen War Games, you should see it because it's awesome. Um, my number four is. Um, I'm going to go with the Fortress of Solitude as my number four. And now, don't get me wrong, Superman is easily my favorite superhero. Uh, I, I love Superman, um, but you know, as Fortress of Solitude, it's 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 if you depending on which version of the Fortress of Solitude you go with, it, it could be kind of boring. If you look at the original Superman, the movie with Christopher Reeve, that one's basically just a, a bunch of ice crystals out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but still, the idea that he's got this place where he can go and it's impossible to find and nobody can get in and it's protected and it's just a place where he can sort of chill and unwind as Superman without all of the worries of, of daily life. Now, that's a pretty cool thing. I, I wouldn't mind having a Fortress of Solitude myself. So, <laughs> uh, Number three, I'm going to go with the Men in Black headquarters. I love... Here come the Men in Black... <laughs> Galaxy Defenders. <laughs> so I, I love the uh, I love in the original Men in Black when Will Smith walks into that building and it's just that you don't, yeah it's that hallway and it's like what happens yeah what, I love that scene is? when he is trying to fill out the the form in one of those white orb chairs and he is struggling and he pulls that little coffee table <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so it's an awesome, it's an awesome, awesome, awesome fortress because it's basically just a blank plane, nothing in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. And then he goes down this elevator and, you know, it's just alien central and everything is there with all of the monitoring screens and so forth. That's a great movie. I would watch it over and over and over again. Number two, I'm going to go with Hogwarts. Um, I am, as you know, a giant, giant Harry Potter fan, and um, basically they make it out like Hogwarts is is effectively 
one of the safest places in in the world. Um, You know, Dumbledore brings Harry to Hogwarts to protect him from Voldemort. Yeah, but didn't he? Voldemort still show up? Well, eventually, but I mean, it (laughs) not so safe. It took them the Battle of Hogwarts. I mean, they a they lost Voldemort's forces lost, and secondly, they 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 had a really hard time getting in. I mean, you know, it took basically all of the wizards, not just Voldemort, but all of his his bad henchmen. Strange, she's my favorite. It took all of them to actually break down uh, the barriers to, that were keeping them out and get them in. So I'm saying Hogwarts is a is a pretty pretty safe place to be. Well, and that's like fortresses inside of fortresses because there's all those oh, secret yeah. hidden passages and yeah. Yeah. things. I mean, where it, the big snake is down. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, the, the whole thing is cool. I mean, I would I would love to just be in Hogwarts just just generally. Well, of course you would. That's that would be cool. So, <laughs> and then obviously number 1, the the fortress of all fortresses. The question is which version do you use? The Batcave. The Batcave. Okay, so you've got you've got that one. That one obviously is the, from the original Batman movie back in the 60s and Adam the Batman West. series that yeah. followed it with Adam West. Uh, that's a good one. You know, they 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 lift up the the the, the bust's head and push a button and go down a, a fire pole into the Batcave. And when they get down to the bottom of the fire pole, they're in their their costumes. I never really figured out how that worked, but whatever. Then you've got like, for instance, Christian Bale's Batcave from mm-hmm. the most recent trilogy of Bat movies. See, I grew up, Michael Keaton was, I think, the first Batman I remember. Michael Keaton and George Clooney were the ones I remember yeah. first. And, and honestly, I, I, my favorite of the Batcaves is probably Michael Keaton's version. I mean, it, it's got it's got some elements that I feel like a, a secret lair slash fortress slash whatever must have. And that is, uh, obviously, you can get through it, you can get to it through a bookshelf, through a bookcase. To get into a secret room, there, there must be a bookcase entry. Yeah. Okay, well, that perfectly segues into one of mine. Okay. So one of mine would be The Addams Family. Yes. And this, I'm talking about the movie, the first one, um, where they think that, you know, Gomez has this secret stash and money and you have to actually pull the book and it opens up a area where you have to pick the correct chain to then be dropped down to go into his vaults down there. Mm. And he does have a bunch of money down there, but it's one of those, if you pull the wrong chain, yep, you're out. So that is fully protected because you have to get through multiple layers and you have to do the right sequence in order to get where you want to go or else you're like shot outside and try again. Okay, so that would be my number five. My number four, um, Casper, Casper the Friendly Ghost. So this movie, he was an inventor and he has this whole, it's almost like a roller coaster. It kind of reminds me if you've been to Disney of the Haunted Mansion because you or in that ride, you're in a doom buggy. But in this movie, he was in a chair. But he had it built where it was. It would give him a shave. It would shower him. It would get him ready for the day. But it went down to his laboratory, and it had the the potion, and it had you know, you didn't really know what was down there, so it was pretty protected. But you didn't know from looking at the house what was there. Okay, my number three. So it's a stretch, but we're talking about fortresses to protect things. Sarah Jessica Parker. Sex in the City. How did I Carrie know? Bradshaw. How did I know you so were going to somehow since, figure out a since, way to work? Since you're talking about movies, I will go with Sex in the City movie. The closet that Big builds for Carrie. They get the apartment and she's like, oh, this can't do. This closet is tiny. He builds this amazing closet for her that really is a fortress because it has all her shoes and it has all her accessories and her clothes. 
and it's beautifully protected. It's okay. Kinda, yep. I, I told, you're usually the one with the stretches on these. So well, I you're have right. A I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> begrudge you your own stretch. Yep. But uh, number two would be kind of a twofer. The moon as a fortress. And this happened yeah. in The Truman Show, but mm-hmm. also in Dr. Evil. He yes. had a moon fortress. Mm-hmm. And both of those equally great movies. Obviously, the moon, I mean, hard to get to. So that Very right hard. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can get to it, then you still have to get inside the fortress. So exactly. Yeah, it's got a lot of great elements to it. And my last one uh, would be Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie movie. And hers was, her little secret area where she was hiding her gun was an oven. So that's not a fortress. But his was that rinkety old looking, because you know, we're in suburbia. Mm -hmm. It was, his was a tool shed. And so you thought, oh, that's just where his junk was. But then underneath it, he had the whole lit up with his guns and everything down there. So it's kind of like a panic room, a nice little fortress there. Number one from Katie. Brad Pitt. How did I not know? <laughs> Brad Pitt and shoes. We're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of our top five. Why don't we move on to the mm, so hungry meat and potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> what is an asset and why do we want to protect it? Mm. So we started out talking about what this is. But We've covered this before, dive, Katie. Yeah, dive a little bit deeper. Assets are property a person or organization owns. Currency, bikes, boats, planes, houses, Spanish doubloons, business, shoes. <laughs> they can, I got to throw no, it in there. Okay, she she sort of, she said business shoes. Businesses. No, not business shoes, but businesses, shoes. And shoes, purses. <laughs> um, we, we have some clients that have listed out, you know, their furs, their jewels. I mean, it's all its assets. It doesn't have to be things, though. It yeah. can be. It can be tangible or meaning, intangible. Yeah. So you know, you can either stuff you can touch and see and look at, or just. So yes, it's it's the personal residence. It's your investment, real estate. It's your bank accounts. It's your securities. Um, but it's also it's your identity and it's your reputation. That's an asset as well. You put a lock on your house to protect what's inside of it. Rarely is someone going to actually come and steal your entire house. Boy, if I got home and my entire house was missing, I think that would blow my mind. I think I'd be like, what? Yeah, I mean, but you know, some criminals, it's like they can't crack the safe, so they just steal now, the whole safe. <laughs> I mean, not spoiler laws and whatnot, but uh, we, we are going to get to to actually talk about the way that someone could kind of steal your house that that is true we'll we'll get to that later yeah so again it's you know can be tangible or intangible can be monetary or non-monetary monetary although um you know if you don't have a money value towards it it is a little bit harder to insure and protect it yeah it's so really it's anything of value owned by a person or a business remember those collectibles we talked about oh yeah absolutely i mean that that is something very important So you protect your assets because they are your net worth, because they're a part of your legacy. They're a part of your retirement plan, your ability to live and survive, your ability to provide income. Because if something bad happens, then bad things happen to good people. Yes. Or bad people happen to good people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, all of the stuff that we just listed, this episode is about trying to find as many different ways as you can to protect yourself from the loss of that stuff because of outside forces. 
So in this context, I know Katie already said it once, but let me just repeat it. What we're talking about here is preventing loss of your assets uh, to either another person or another company or just a, a, a diminution yeah. of your of your assets because a diminution of your assets because of uh, because of an accident or an illness or whatever. All of those things. That's what we're talking about protecting against. We are not talking in this episode about safe investing. So this is this is other stuff. This is how you protect it from the the car wrecks and the fires and the you know whatever. Um, so car wrecks, fires, all of that. Obviously, that leads to the first thing you should do to protect your assets. What is that, Katie? Insurance. Insurance, obviously. Yes, you want to make sure that you are appropriately and sufficiently insured against loss. And insurance comes in many different shapes and sizes, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that insurance is not going to prevent you from losing your house in a fire, but it'll make it where you're unable to rebuild that house and that you have, yes, you will never be able to replace the memories of what happened with that fire, but this can help make things a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. You mean, you know, obviously you can't protect against every single loss and emotional Hurts are very, very hard to protect against, but, you know, you protect what you can. So, you know, that's why you get liability insurance when you buy a car. You get insurance so that if you are in a wreck and it's your fault and you hurt somebody, mm -hmm. that liability insurance pays for that person's injuries so that you do not have to. That person goes to your insurance first instead of getting at your stuff. Absolutely. And it's like someone gets hurt at your house, then, you know, you get homeowner's insurance because it's... If someone slips on ice, if, you know, something crazy happens and someone gets injured. Somebody's running through your yard, frolicking, being free and flying and playing and being happy and they fall on a well. Yeah. And that would be bad. Because it's all we hope. Oh, there's never going to be anybody near my house that would actually sue me or get off my anything. lawn. <laughs> but it could happen. <laughs> your car's totaled, you know, get comprehensive insurance. Yep. yep. Your apartment gets burglarized. Okay, well, you're a renter, so you, there's renter's insurance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, so you've got you've got protection against basically losing your losing your stuff or someone else getting hurt and you having to pay for their injuries. Obviously, <laughs> health insurance is a big deal. Like you know, Absolutely. if you get hurt, you wanna you wanna have something that will help you pay those medical bills because one of the single biggest ways that people go bankrupt in this country is from uh, from medical expenses due to illness or injury um those can, those things can rack up quickly so you know get health insurance you know especially young people listen young people feel like they're invincible um they you know they don't feel like they need it they don't ever get sick they don't need to go to the doctor but you know what if all of a sudden you have something happens and you're in the hospital for weeks and weeks and weeks what's gonna how are you gonna pay for that it yeah. could hurt you quick if you don't have the insurances absolutely and there's other insurance like malpractice if yeah. you are in well like i'm a lawyer okay so oh, yeah, you remember courts well, in I, know, session. I know i know <laughs> um so like i'm a lawyer so there's there's arizona omissions uh insurance for for people who could potentially make an error that would cause some sort of financial harm mm -hmm. uh so like financial advisors lawyers stuff like that um and then for doctors and dentists and and other people like that that could potentially cause physical harm uh there's there's malpractice insurance um and so if you're in a, one of those professions if you're in a, a profession like that that exposes you to some sort of risk of uh, of causing injury to someone else then you certainly would want to have that coverage that kind of insurance yeah 
Another one of the insurances that I want to mention, and again, guys, we are going to go over a lot of stuff in this, and we're going to take a lot of these and do individual episodes. So this is a very high-level episode, but one of the insurance ones that I want to talk about is, think of Mary Poppins floating down on her umbrella. Mm -hmm. So there is something called an umbrella policy. Yes. And these are great to look at because... It doesn't mean that you don't have all the other underlying insurance. No, as a matter of fact, it's required that you have underlying insurance. That you have the car, you've got the medical, you've got the house, but this is kind of an additional layer that really picture like your umbrella, that it's protecting you from the elements. You got to make sure you're still, you still have everything underneath that you need, but it's just an additional layer, kind of a get out of jail free card, all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So... We're going to insure some stuff. We're going to insure our assets. We're going to insure our car. We're going to insure ourselves, health, life, so forth. We're going to... But how do you know what your assets are? Well, exactly. Exactly. You need to, you need to, uh, you need to have an inventory of all of your stuff. And uh, some of the stuff you may need to get appraised to make sure that you know the appropriate value of that stuff. So that you, you have a list of everything that you're, you could potentially lose so that you can provide that to an insurance company if you do lose it all in a fire or because of theft. So and I'm hearing insurance and then awareness of yeah, your assets. Make okay. sure you know what you've got. Make sure you get what, you know, if it's, if it's something that could be of considerable value, make sure you get it appraised. Have that appraisal in writing. That always helps. What's next? Um, it's, it's really the asset protection is so much a part of financial planning and it's making sure that you do have that awareness and that you build it into when you're doing your budgets, when you're doing this, of making sure you've got that correct coverage. Yeah. Because it's so easy to find, you know, where you're vulnerable and that having people like court, having people like that look at your whole assessment and say, wait, this is where someone could come after you. Yeah. So here's here's a, here's a an interesting sort of uh, take on, on the whole protection of assets, protection of your personal wealth from, from outside forces. Uh, one of the ways that people do that is they form businesses, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, a business, if you form the right type of business, can protect the owner of the business can protect his personal assets from the reach of people that are suing the company for something that the company did. So, for instance, if you have either, and I think we've probably talked about this before, but I'll just go over it very briefly again. If you have either a corporation, stocks, uh, or uh, multiple owners of a corporation, or if you have an LLC, a limited liability company, then those are things that sort of, they put up a a veil between the owners, either stockholders or the owners of an LLC, and the, the, the people that are suing the company. So if you start a company that builds houses and a house, uh, something tragic happens at the house and somebody gets injured. If your company that built the house is an LLC, then whoever it was that bought the house from your company can sue your company, but they can't get to your assets, your personal stuff. They can't get to your kid's college accounts right. and all of those things. Okay. So it's a it's a personal protective wall or veil mm-hmm. um, between the owner of the business and the, the business's activities. So the business itself acts as a protective layer, but then the business will also, you know, individuals and businesses both um, use asset protection techniques to, 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 you know, to limit creditors' assets to, or access to, to, to I don't know, to, to, to their assets. Yeah, it's, I, 
adding to that, one of the examples I can think of is most people think, oh, okay, well, I have to have a, a certain level of a business. But we had someone come in recently and they were thinking about starting a food truck. And our very first thing is like, you need to protect yourself. Even though this individual knew like he, he wasn't expecting to be a huge profit or a real big business, but still, what happens if your food truck, the brake malfunctions and it runs in and hits somebody or if they get food poisoning? You want to make sure that it just comes after that business and doesn't come after where they can take their home or their bank accounts or anything like that. So look at it that way that yeah. your business doesn't have to be huge and widely successful. Right. You want to protect yourself if you are putting yourself out there. It's kind of like online dating. You're putting yourself out there. You're making yourself very vulnerable. You're giving information. So you want to try and protect yourself. So you tell your friends, hey, I'm going to be here at this time. Look at it that way of, I don't I don't want you to always be looking at who's coming after you, but you kind of do in some ways of look at your risk. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, listen, we're not we're not saying that everybody's out to get you, but uh, I mean, you know. Sometimes they are. <laughs> okay. So you got, make sure you're insured. Make sure that if you are undertaking some sort of business or something that you have the right business entity, entity in place. But there are some other things that you can do to protect assets that are within the law. We are not in any way recommending that anybody do anything to try and skirt the law Mm-mm. or defraud anybody. Everything that we're talking about is is above board. So other than starting businesses, getting insurance, what else can you do? One of the things is you can you can you can create a trust. Yes, you can. There are certain types of trusts. Um, uh, they have really, really grown and spread in the number and diversity and type and the things that are allowed with these trusts across all of the states of the United States. But to sort of boil it down, a trust is a legal agreement between you and another person, the trustee. You give them property for them to hold for the benefit of someone. Mm-hmm. And that's the basic idea is I'm going to give you this, this property trustee, and you're going to hold it and you're going to use it for the benefit of someone. Well, you can structure that agreement between yourself and your trustee in such a way that those assets cannot be reached by creditors or by people who have sued you and gotten a judgment against you. So, you know, it, it, it limits the ability of these people to get to something in your trust. It's, ca- it's called an asset protection trust. We have them here in Tennessee. They started off in states like um, there was one up in Alaska. There's, there's always been asset protection. Well, not always, but there have, you know, some of the originators of the idea were states like Alaska, Delaware, um, I think Nevada had one. Okay. Tennessee, uh, just in the last decade or so, adopted a law to, to create this type of asset protection trust. These are good things for people to have that are that are in high risk occupations. Like, for instance, doctors. You know, you may you you obviously you have malpractice insurance as a doctor, but you know what if what if whatever damages are are, are caused by by some accident of yours. What if they exceed whatever your malpractice coverage is? And then the person comes after your house or something. We can create a trust, a legal trust under Tennessee law that you could put your house in that protects it from somebody getting to it, you know, that, that, that keeps it out of their reach. If they if they get if the court says, yes, you caused their arm to be limp for the rest of their life, you owe them a billion dollars. You can put your house in a trust and that way they couldn't get to the house. So the trust, that type of thing, is another way that you can protect your assets. 
Yeah. But it's also the average Joe's. I mean, we keep giving examples of businesses, but the thing is you want to look at this. It, it could be you need to protect because divorce comes up. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody plans on when they get married. Oh yeah. I'm going to divorce this guy in five years. Like no one plans that. No one plans if some, if you become disabled or if there's a health emergency or bankruptcy, um, so that's some of those that it's it's not just necessarily if you are in a certain position of a business that you're vulnerable. They're, the average Joe is vulnerable. Oh, yeah, Everyone's absolutely. vulnerable because of those creditors and those predators. Mm-hmm. And so this is not, I mean, you could picture like predator for the movie, but um, I mean, some, some of these are a little scary because one of the ones we were just recently talking about is those grandma daters. Yeah, guys. <laughs> The real charming dudes that that are a little bit younger and they're looking for older women, possibly widows, who have some money. They're you know they've been saving up their entire life, and these guys come in and give these women just a little attention, and you know next thing you know the the women are writing them checks. I mean, there's money. there's so many Lifetime movies I feel like about this, yeah. and it's the stories of the men, and there's even women like the Black Widow that that comes in and manipulates people in order to get them to sign accounts over in their name or to move stuff around and they look for weaknesses. And, and you know, this is not, we're talking about sharp women. We're talking about women that are smart. We're not talking about women who uh, have dementia or Alzheimer's mm-hmm. or anything like that. They are sharp women. They're just being taken advantage of because some guy is smooth and knows the right things to say. Playing on the heartstrings and yeah. it's it's one of those that you want to protect your assets yeah. and make sure be aware of the, the the fact that people could be coming to you specifically because you have things that they think that they can get from you so it's sort of that it's it comes back to that awareness factor making sure that you're aware of what it is what is this person's motivation for dealing with me and what is it they're doing yeah look you know? at those red flags mm-hmm. and if it seems like it's a red flag or it seems too good to be true it's okay to question it. And it's one of those that if you say, oh, well, I just want to make sure I put my assets in a trust to protect so my kids have it. And if that person is like, whoa, but why are you doing that? That's a real big red flag. Mm. But it's always you play it as, well, I'm just trying to protect. I've got to work with a partner like a law firm, financial advisors, any of that. Um, but it's so it's it's your predators and it's your creditors because mm-hmm. with divorce, if you, your husband's, you know, lied to you about gambling and is now in crazy debt, then that comes on you. And then you've got creditors coming after you because he hasn't paid these gambling debts. Mm -hmm. So you've got to just look at your weaknesses and your exposure that you have to these people. If you have kids there, it may be that you want, you've maybe you've spent your life working. You've built up an estate uh, of, of assets, of money, of, of, uh, in your, in your retirement account or whatever it is. And you want to make sure that, that, that some of that goes to your children, that you actually are leaving behind something to your children. Again, uh, I guess because I'm a lawyer, you can, it comes back to that idea of starting a trust. You can mm-hmm. start a trust. Do it, do it early on. Don't wait until, don't wait until you're 80 or 90. Do, you know, if you know that you're going to have enough assets to, to retire and make it through life on whatever you have and still have some left over for your kids, go ahead and set that money aside for your kids in a trust early on. Get that money, get those assets away from you and put them in something that will protect those and make sure that it is there for your kids later on down the road. And that Nigerian prince is not your friend. He does not need that million dollars that he wants you to send him. Y'all remember those emails years ago that people mm. would send? 
But with it, I do want to say we did a whole episode on this. It is identity theft as well. We're talking about kind of those predators you may know, but there's also, of course, identity theft is part of this as a predator. And it may be someone you don't know that you just clicked on the wrong thing or they've hacked your information. So always be diligent of checking your credit score, checking your accounts, shredding your documents, and password protection is an additional way of protecting your assets as well. Because you don't want to just willy-nilly be like, hey, Court and Cam, here's the password to my bank account. Oh, yeah, go and do what you want. Like, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, no, my goodness, please. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, if we have to say that, please don't be giving out your password. That's that's uh, yeah, Asset be, Protection 101. Please this, don't give out your password. Yeah, all the scam calls that people say, no, your car insurance run out, your warranties... All of those companies will never question, will never be upset if you call in question when you get those oh, voicemails yeah. or those emails. They'd rather you do that and verify than you to just willy nilly give your information. Okay, how many people, by a show of hands out there in, in <laughs> podcast world, how many of you have have heard of a phishing scam? Right? Yeah, I'm seeing some hands coming up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See. Okay. Yeah, Bob, I got you over there. Yeah. Okay. You can put your hand down, Bob. Bob, put your hand down. Okay. Anyway, so phishing <laughs> scams. If you get an email that says like, "Oh, something's happened with your account. You, you know, please click on this link and go and make sure that your password is reset or so forth." Mm-hmm. Um, that, generally speaking, that link will take you to a website that looks just like, for instance, a Visa website, and they'll say, "Now enter your username and password." And you enter it, and guess what? Now that that person, whoever it is that's created this fake website, has your username and password. If and you, if you're like me, that you can't really tell sometimes, I'm very bad about it. I'll just forward it to Cam and be like, this looks fake to me, is this? And he's he's my resident telling me like, yeah, don't click on that, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you get an email like that from, say, Bank of America or First Tennessee, or at least it's it claims to be from them, mm-hmm. then... Don't click on the link in the email. No. Go to the website. You know the website. You probably have been checking your bank account balance on the website. Or if you have the app, go through the app and look through the app and see. Is there any sort of notice on your account through the app or on the website that says like, hey, this is a problem? Yeah. Then you know that you can, you know, you, you know that it w- if, if, if the website doesn't tell you it's legitimate, then it wasn't legitimate. Delete the email. Yeah. A couple of two little things that, and we're, we, I really do want to do a whole episode on this, but it's Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes. Um, I know we all know a lot about pyramid schemes for sure, but Ponzi schemes, I just want to touch on that that is if someone is trying to pitch an investment to you, and it's really, it's a scam. That's what it ultimately is. And so just be aware of if it sounds too good to be true, more than likely it probably is. And Really do your research before you invest your hard-earned money and your assets. And it's always good to get partners and seek advice and counsel. And it also wraps back up into that episode we talked about loaning money to family. If your crazy uncle shows up and has another idea that he needs you to invest in, then really take the time to think about it because these are your precious assets. These are something you want to protect. My My precious. Yes. I knew you were going to go there, Court. (laughs) You know, pyramid schemes have a new fancy name. What are they? Multi-level marketing. Multi-level. And I'm not saying that pyramid schemes are all bad. There are some good ones out there. I mean, Mary Kay has been around for a long time and been very successful. It's just you need to understand what you're getting into, that it's not as easy as... I sit at home and post on social media 10 times a day and I've made 
six figures. Mm -hmm. There is something else to that. And so I know there's people out there who've made great money doing this, but just read the fine print. Litigation court. Tell me about litigation. Well, I wish that I could, Katie. I know that I've said many times that I'm a lawyer, um, but you know... uh, I'm not. I'm not a a, a litigation attorney per se. I, 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 you know, it takes a very special kind of person to to really fight those battles in court. So uh, I I don't have a tremendous amount of experience in it. But let me tell you what I do know: you can avoid losing assets uh, legally by avoiding getting sued. So that <laughs> don't get sued. Yeah, first and foremost, don't get sued. That's a good way to start. Um, like we said earlier, you know, make sure that you've got levels of protection between you and people who could potentially sue you, like for instance, an LLC or a corporation. You have given people notice as much as possible that certain things might present a danger to them and they should proceed with caution. Like the beware of dog sign. Yeah. Beware of dog or, uh, don't swim in my pool, you know, it's, yeah, because uh, you know, Court and I are in class because we're getting our certified financial planner hopefully mm-hmm. in November. Yeah, and our professor was telling us about how I think it was Demi Moore or somebody. Her assistant was using her house and having a party, having yeah. a party at her house. Mm-hmm. Someone got an injury with the pool, and it was a big to do. And the the person who got injured was coming back towards Demi Moore about it, even though she wasn't there, but because it was her house. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, you got to think yeah, actually, about I that. Think it might have been a wrongful death. I yeah, yeah, it might have been. It, but, was, it was really bad. So but, think before you let people have a house party yeah, and, yeah. and tell your kids too. There's a certain, there's a certain legal concept. I'm not going to get too far in the weeds on this, but let me just throw it out there. The, the idea is very simple. It's basically, it's called a, an attractive nuisance. And if you have property somewhere that has something on it that might, cause people to want to play on it, play in it, play around it, you know, (laughs) a a pond in the middle of a big space of of land or some sort of broken down tank or airplane or whatever, some machinery that's on your property that kids might want to climb on. Those things are things that somebody could could swim in your pond or climb on your, your tank or do whatever and end up getting injured. And you could be held liable for that because because of the idea that it's an attractive nuisance. You haven't done enough to let people know that they, sh- that they shouldn't be on this, that they shouldn't be messing with it, or even limiting people's access to it, restricting access to it. Those things are important. I remember a story uh, in Memphis, it's probably been 10, 15 years ago now, but there was somebody that was trying to rob a fast food place and he actually was on the roof and fell through and fell into hot oil that like they had shut down, but it was still hot and tried to sue the restaurant from his burns. But yet he was the one that was robbing the place. Yeah. I mean, there are all sorts of horror stories about people that have sued other people for ridiculous reasons. Um, some of them are ridiculous, I will admit. Some of them, not so much. I mean, you know, when you go to law school, one of the first uh, torts cases, one of the first cases that you hear about where someone got injured uh, and you think, going into law school, you've just heard the story about the lady who sued McDonald's because oh, she spilled the coffee, coffee in her lap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when you actually get into that case, it turns out that she actually had a legitimate issue with with the way McDonald's prepared and served their coffee, that 
you know, caused some liability for them. So yeah, there are all sorts of stories out there about crazy people suing for crazy reasons. But then when you really get into the nitty gritty, they may or may not have a legitimate cause for suing you. So make sure that you've done everything you can to limit people's access to things that they might get hurt on and to let people know, hey, this is dangerous, stay away or whatever. Yeah, And it's also planning for the unknown. Like you have your emergency fund because we... We don't have that little notification that tells us your water heater is going to break in two months or that barcode on the bottom of our foot that tells us when we're going to die. So you need to make sure you're planning for if disability happens, if something happens, wrongful death, the spouse, anything like that. Mm -hmm. But also part of that is when we talked about it's too good to be true sometimes, taking ownership of assets. And it's one of those to make sure that this is part of financial planning before you willingly accept a, you know, inheritance or different things out there, you need to look at, could this affect how you're getting money from disability or everything like that? So, well, and furthermore, just as sort of a a, a kind of a last element of the legal aspect of it, a big part of of making sure that, that you are protecting your assets is not just protecting them for yourself, but also protecting them for your heirs and beneficiaries. Absolutely. Okay. So that, that the, that comes into estate planning and having either a will or a trust that takes care of your assets and distributes them to the people that you want to receive them in a way that will not put them in jeopardy down the line. So for instance, if you have a child who is disabled and receives benefits and Mm -hmm. you just leave your estate to that child, then you could potentially, because of the amount of, uh, of money that you've left to your child, you could potentially wipe out the benefits that they're receiving from the government because all of a sudden they have so much money that the government's like, well, you don't need our help anymore. So there are ways that you can plan for that so that you won't eliminate those benefits. Or let's say that you have a stupid child. Because let's face it, let's face it, some people do have stupid children, right? You know, I mean, I'm just saying (laughs) it happens. So if you have a stupid child or if you just have a child who's uh, crazy with money, a spendthrift. Yeah. um, Then, you know, you leave them your you leave them your entire million dollar estate and you're concerned, you know, is this a person who is going to be careful and responsible with this money or are they going to go through it? like a hot knife through butter. There are ways for you to plan your estate so that the the stupid child or the spendthrift or whatever does and on not... on your 25th birthday, you get this much. On your 30th, you yes, get this much. When you exactly. pass, you know, college, you get this much. So again, estate planning is an important aspect because you're you, you with estate planning, you can protect your assets, not just for yourself, but for future generations, for your heirs and beneficiaries down the line. Protect that those assets from their creditors and from the potential of them getting sued or just being stupid, you know, so forth. We have thrown so much at you guys, and I think it's time for us to kind of bullseye it up, Court. What do you think? Bullseye it up. I think so. <laughs> okay, so my bullseye is definitely kind of a little checklist. First off, making sure you're aware of what you actually have. Do an analysis and figure out your assets. If you need a partner, then get a partner to help you really identify what you've got and look at your risk, but then make sure you've got proper insurance. I do want to add a little fun fact because I did learn a fun little nugget from research for this episode. Nugget. (laughs) Did you know that if you have land and you don't go visit it or don't properly investigate it and someone is squatting on your land, I think it's like seven years 
that if they've been squatting on your land, then they could own it. Okay, so yeah, it's a it's a concept called adverse possession. Thank you, lawyer uh, court. Yeah, sorry. So that's not jargon, right? Because you described it before I said the word. Exactly. So, right. We're okay. teamwork. I'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. So it can happen in one of two ways. One way, and this actually has happened to people that I know, somebody randomly goes to the register of deeds and files a deed that purports to give them ownership of your property. And that deed is sitting down at the register's office and they it just says basically like, yeah, this is my land now. And if you do that and you're and you're on the land and you're using the land and you're saying that the land is yours, then after seven years of doing that with that deed having been filed... Adverse possession means that that is now yours. It's called color of title. Well, but I mean, didn't that song teach us, this land is your land, this <laughs> land is my land. And then <laughs> on the other side of that, if they don't go down to the register and file a deed, if they just start squatting, like you said, mm-hmm. then it takes a little longer. It doesn't just take seven years. It takes 20. It's still called adverse possession. If they're openly basically using your land, calling it their own, saying that it's theirs and and possessing it and using it and so forth. And they do that for 20 years and you don't stop them, then it becomes theirs. So yeah, definitely if you've got land out there that you, you know, you don't necessarily use on a daily basis, then check in on it every now and then make sure there isn't somebody there using it and trying to claim that it's theirs. Well, thank you for that explanation and hijacking my bull cast. I'm my sorry. Bull, my bullseye. bullseye. Your bull cast. My whoa, bull whoa, whoa. It is mine. Sorry guys. Just kidding. No. Okay. So why don't you tell me your bullseye then? Okay. Well, so since I've already like started off with basically like legal man court is in session type thing, I'll stick with that for my bullseye. There are legal structures and legal concepts that you should have in place to protect yourself. If you are doing regular business and earning money from that business, then Form a a business structure that will protect you, a business entity that will protect you. Use trusts to protect your assets from people who might sue you. Use trusts to protect your assets for your beneficiaries if they are spendthrifts or if they are disabled. Um, Use... Use everything that you have available to you to protect those assets. One thing that we didn't mention, but it is a legal concept. Make sure that you have power of attorney in place. Absolutely. Make sure that you have designated someone that can help you with your assets if you become incapacitated. Because even if you're married to a person and they don't have legal authority to some summon of, for some you. Some of the stuff, yeah. If, if Even if the, even if it's your spouse, some of the stuff, if it's just in your name, they're not going to be able to get to it regardless of how married they are to you. How married? <laughs> Real, real I'm married. really married to this guy. <laughs> okay, so, you know, just use the legal tools that are available to you to protect yourself. Form a business. Form a trust. Make sure you have a power of attorney. Protect your assets. But these are legal things. So be sure you reach out to a lawyer. Katie, there's the closing bell. Ladies and gentlemen, you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast podcast. If you have never listened to us before, how dare you? But if you liked what you heard and you'd like to listen to us again, then please feel free to subscribe to this podcast. It's your favorite subscription service. You can also comment. You can uh, do whatever you want, but, uh, but sign up, subscribe, get more episodes. There are 30-something of them out there now. Uh, also, if you'd like to find out more about me and Katie, there is a website, and you can find out all sorts of scintillating details about our lives. That website is bullcastpodcast.com. Please feel free to comment there or suggest an, an episode topic if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about. 
Um, we also have the Instagram. So uh, you can follow us at our Instagram handle, which is Bullcast Podcast, at Bullcast Podcast. Um, we also have a Twitter handle that's at Bullcast Podcast. So tweet us or tweet at us or Twitter us or whatever it's called. Um, and then also Katie and I talk a lot about the fact that we work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. Um, and if you would like to find out more about Pickler Wealth Advisors, find out about more about us, uh, find out even more about Katie and Court, see more pictures of us. They're great. Um, find out more about our awesome team and our boss, David Pickler, then please feel free to go to the website, picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O, not an E. An O, not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have to say for today. So I am Court. I'm Katie. And I'm Cameron. Until next week, I'll be hunkering down in the panic room with Jodie Foster. Oh!